0: I'm Kate. And I'm Jessie, And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. (laughs) Let's do this.
1: It's such a tough battle, like an internal battle, really, because what you want to say and what pushes the good storyline isn't always compliant, isn't always allowed.
2: (laughs) Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you
0: easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 32. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to hear what you think.
2: For today's episode, we're going to talk about how you can create creative content in regu- regulated fields, which is funny because when our guest approached us about this topic, I had no idea what a regulated field was. So we're going to tell you more about what that is. But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking?
0: Well, I am just drinking water at the moment, but I do have some Loverboy hard tea chilling in the refrigerator, which I will have later today.
2: I think we need to start, like, Loverboy is something we talk about, um, any of your boxed wine. The, Bo- the Boda box. I think we need to start getting these people to, like, sponsor us.
0: I know. Because
2: we mentioned, I'm just having tea. Um, actually, it's 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 iced tea that I made from an Ikea bag of tea like loose tea. Wait, Ikea makes tea. Ikea makes tea. And it's really good. It's like um it's like a chocolate mint tea. Oh. So yeah, it's really good. That does sound good. I mean I know this is mostly women listening to this show. So like last month, right around that time of the month, I made a big pot of this tea and I took I don't I drink like almond milk and oat milk and stuff like that and I had a chocolate almond milk that I was trying to use up and I put it into this tea so super chocolatey super chocolatey it was, I like it it was really good I it like was it. really good um so yeah we uh we and en- I enjoy this I enjoy some good good tea so mm-hmm. I'm with you on the lover boy hard tea uh, so lover
0: boy if you're hearing us <laughs> You know, it is pretty popular. I walked into a liquor store the other day and went to. I was debating if I wanted to go with more Loverboy or something else. So I walked past the last box of Lover Loverboy, and I was like just perusing, and then I was like, "Nah, I'll just go get the Loverboy." Like I didn't want to like try and think about it hard. I walked back, and it was gone. Oh,
2: <gasps> it was gone. It's very popular. That's, that's a very sad. sad it was story. very sad.
0: So I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what I got, but yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, we're going to be talking with our guest, Lindsay White. She has a degree in finance and worked in corporate America for eight years before she decided to go freelance and allow herself more time for her family and to coach others in her field. She shared with us how you can create content in regulated fields. After six
2: years in corporate America, working as a director of marketing, Lindsay White brought her skills to the freelance space, partnering with her clients to help build and execute strategic marketing and content plans that align with their business goals. She also works with other aspiring freelance marketers to help them become marketing leaders for their clients. And she's going to teach us how to do that today on our show. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, we're excited to have you. And this is Cocktails and Content Creation. So we must start with the very first important bi- order of business, which is, what are you drinking?
1: Well, today I am drinking some coffee, which is very exciting. But <laughs> if it weren't 10 in the morning, I would probably be drinking a glass of red wine.
0: Oh, all very right. Nice. Very nice. You, I, I feel like you can't go wrong with like a glass of red wine or even white wine. You can't yeah. go wrong. Well, it's so it's so funny because we were talking before the show, and you're in
2: Florida, and I don't know. Every time I go down to Florida, I I don't I know it's not like in a tropical island, but I'm always there, and it's hot. So I think of like
0: margaritas, and you know that kind yeah, of thing. pina colada is the Can tropical you, drink yes yeah well if you're, you're in the keys if you're in the keys though it's pretty tropical down there that's true I don't know that I'd be drinking red wine in the keys but when you live in Florida the you
1: tropical get allure it. kind of blows <laughs> away oh no oh no I know, I know well
2: well we're glad that you're joining you we're glad but we'll hope you have that glass of red wine a little later absolutely um, So we gave you a brief intro about who you are and what you do, but tell us a little bit about your journey and your words.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started in corporate America and I was working at a financial services institution. And so I did corporate marketing for them for a handful of years. I bopped around from different client to client. So the way that our company worked was we were an internal marketing agency for the larger corporation. So each individual department had a marketing director who would essentially be the mini CMO for that department. So when I was over there, I was working with their trust company, the cash department, the credit card department, the debit card department, banking, um, sort of anything that touched banking, cash, that area. So a lot of mortgages, home loans, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was very um, detail oriented, a lot of compliance involved, a lot of legal involved. And so I was working in that space for, I don't know, six years. And then I worked, I moved over to relationship management with them. So then I went into kind of a recruiting role and working with external partners on conference management and bringing content to and from external partners to just create those aligned visions to work together in cohesiveness, essentially. So I was there for eight years, I believe, in corporate. And after that, I left corporate and was like, you know, I I think I can do this on my own. I think I can do something bigger. I've learned a lot of skills here. My husband actually worked at the same company as I did. So it was time to diversify the income a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided that I was going to go out on my own and try to take the skills I learned in You know, corporate marketing and corporate America and bring them to the freelance space. So I left corporate America. I started freelancing. I was working as a, I was really just dabbling my toes in whatever I could. So I was working in a lot of social media management, a lot of email marketing, a lot of uh, just VA work, you know, like whatever I could really do. Um, I was finding jobs on Upwork, I was finding jobs on Facebook, all sorts of places. And so I was making decent money. I wasn't doing bad, I was hustling hard. And in that I was like, okay, I can do I can do more, I can take on more. I was working for small, really small like local businesses, but I had so much like intellectual capital in financial services and in that kind of you know concentrated niche where there's so much compliance and legal and you really do have to have, a certain mindset and background to work in that kind of content space and so I started talking to my past network about you know what I was doing and the success that I was having as a freelancer and that kind of spun me down a direction of working with a lot of financial institutions and financial services companies on their marketing efforts because of the heavy compliance oriented content that had to be put together um so I've been doing that for about three years now and very successful. I work with a lot of big names in that, you know, finance space. I still work with small businesses and online course creators. I work with the large gamut, but yeah, my expertise is really in that financial side because I have that long background in history. Now, what what kind of education did you have? I actually do have a degree in finance. Okay. So, so you're yes. like you're like, you know, Yeah. You're in the thick
0: of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so the funny story is, so I went to school at, I went to Florida State and I was getting a degree in marketing and I was like, you know, I'm really good at math. I can get A's in math classes because there's always a right answer. (laughs) I (laughs) think
2: maybe you're the first person we've had on the podcast that could claim that. May I just (laughs) say.
1: <laughs> i just like loved that i could always get the right answer with a math problem and if it was wrong i could figure out why it was wrong i was like in all these english classes and communications classes it's so subjective yeah. and you know i don't know how to get a right answer it depends on the teacher and so i was like i'm changing my major to finance i know i can get a's i'll be great so i got a degree in finance i graduated, I went and worked as a I think my title was credit analyst. I absolutely hated it. It was horrible. Oh, Oh, it sounds horrible. It was so boring. And I was like, I made a really poor life decision. (laughs) I shouldn't have gotten a degree based on Well, now look at you.
2: But now look at you. I mean, I'm sure that this background has really helped you because you understand the mindset.
1: Right. Exactly. And I understand the people that I'm working with. I understand Mm -hmm. like what they're dealing with on a day to day, which is helpful because I can then alleviate their pain points because I'm so ingrained in them and I know what they're dealing with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, I, uh, finance is just, it's like, it's something you need, but it's also like not sexy yeah. at all. At like all. it's not a sexy industry. And so, that's what, a way to put it. <laughs> what, what's so interesting is a lot of this podcast has been about more of the creative field and the creative entrepreneur. Yeah. And so, you know, talking about an industry that is, not necessarily creative per se yeah. or sexy per se, and is highly regulated, you know, we would like to maybe understand, you know, some of the ins and outs of what, what that means. So with regulated fields, like what is it like, or
2: regulated you industry a
1: little bit, but like,
2: yeah. break it down. Yeah. yeah.
0: So
1: in the financial services space, there are a lot of regulators involved, right? So there, and we don't have to get too you know in the weeds here, but like there's FINRA and there's the SEC and they're kind of the two main regulators. They're huge legal entities that are constantly big brother over your shoulder. They want to see what you're putting out. You have mm-hmm. to stick with their rules. If you don't, you're going to get slapped with millions and millions of dollars in fines and no one wants that. No. <laughs> so it's really up to a team of people to ensure that none of the content is breaking these rules and you're not putting out false statements or false promises and it's really i mean it's for the better of the consumer right so if we were going to go out and purchase a tv that was you know a certain caliber of television and they lied to us then we would be pretty upset the same thing goes when you're working in finance but you you're dealing with people's money so as the end you know client if i'm trusting someone with my money i don't want them to lie to me about what's going to happen to that money so it's for the betterment of the industry as a whole, but it's just very hard to work within. And so uh, what I found, most companies that have the most success and staying compliant and staying within regulation, they not only have the education in place because anyone can learn you know, what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say, but they have a real process that they're following, right? So it starts with the marketer, it starts with the content, it starts with like the ideas that we're putting together the first idea that you put together has to be something that's allowable, right? Play play in the rules, play in your lane, and then follow it up the food chain, right? There needs to be a process. Someone needs to read the content and make sure they agree with it. Someone then needs to, from legal, need to look at it and say, okay, yeah, this falls in line. And once you have those processes in place and you have just a checklist of who's going to review it, who's going to make sure that, who's the last person who's putting their name on this? Because they're the one who should be the most liable. Me as the marketer, it's never me. But I know what's going to pass through all of those systems and what's not. So it comes down to me at the end of the day. If there are changes that need to be made, as the marketer or the content writer or the person who's actually developing that content, I have to make those changes. and I have to put forth ideas that I know are going to work within the highly regulated spaces that we're working within. So you want to play consistent with the rules that you're given and you want to have a strong process and who's going to be reviewing that and making sure that everything falls in place and we're not just willy-nilly putting things out there without an approval process.
0: Now, would an individual, I guess, financial person, financial advisor, or someone also uh, know what these regulations are, like, should they know, like, let's say you're an independent financial advisor, and you have like a social media account, you know, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that it can be kind of stressful trying to create content within the regulated fields, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because they should know what they can and cannot do. But then, as an independent person, like, I know when I'm working alone, I'm like, I'm just alone. I'm an entrepreneur solopreneur. I, and sometimes I'll be like, Kate, can you just read this for me? Because I have nobody else to go to, to check something yes. it's not even regulated. So right. and that's, in that situation, I, I I would love to know your thoughts on those people that kind of work on a very, they don't necessarily have an attorney at their, yeah.
1: I, yeah, absolutely. So yes, they should know what they are allowed to put out there. And when I'm working with, I work with a lot of small shops like that. Right. And they should, they're the the last line of defense. They're the ones who need to be defending if they're compliant or not and staying within their lane. That said, oftentimes it's such a tough battle, like an internal battle really, because what you want to say and what pushes the good storyline isn't always compliant, isn't always allowed. <laughs> and so you're trying to, and that's where it makes my job uh, tricky, but also really fun because, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can we get over this hurdle of staying in within the rules that we have to play in, but getting across this story or the value that we're providing and kind of like meeting the regulators where they need to be met, but still getting across to our clients, Hey, we're going to do a really good job for you. We're going to help you increase your dividend income or whatever. And just reach those goals because yes, the small financial advisor probably knows what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. But what they want to do doesn't always match with that.
0: Can you give us an example? I know that's probably like hard to. No, to I would say, love to hear. Yeah, it. like you know, if they wanted to say this and you had to tell them, well, you can't say that, but you could say it this way. Is there an a, a quick example yeah. that in mind? Yeah. So something that a lot of my
1: clients always want to talk about is performance. So performance is and I'm going to pull completely random things out because I don't know, but like Apple stock, right? So if one of my clients is a financial advisor and he wants to post on his social media, Apple stock is up 25% today. It's the greatest day to buy in. You can't say that because if you wanted to post about how a certain stock is up 25% or even down 25%, you have to include performance numbers with it, past performance. So it has to be like five years of past performance. I'm not going to sit on a Facebook post and say, hey, Apple stock was up 25% today. Last year on this date, it was down 12%. The year before that, it was up 16%. The year before that, like, you know, you're just not going to do that. It muddies yeah. the whole story. right? Um, so that's kind of a, a good example of what you you might want to do, but you can't do. And what you can do to get over it is, maybe be a little bit more generic, maybe be a little more broad stroke with it and say, hey, Apple's having a really good day today.
2: <laughs> I like it. I, you
1: yeah. Know, we're not if be you talking hear about, about
2: how... good days with Apple, let me know. because yes,
0: exactly. I know
2: that how
0: they're having a good day. They're yeah. just having a good oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Hey, go okay. check out Apple. It seems like they're having a good uh, day. Maybe they put out a new iPhone or maybe their stock's up 25%. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that okay so that really makes it that that makes a lot of sense so bringing in like the situation because I remember um you know or at least Facebook ads are very similar I feel like I don't know if you've ever ran Facebook ads but I've ran a few for my for my uh education brand in my business and it's like they want you to not deliver false Promises or right. make certain statements that could, like, even like in in the weight loss industry, it's really really um, tough for them to run ads because they will not let you show before and after photos, like things like that. You have to tell the story in a way that um, isn't going to give someone a false yeah. sense of hope or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, I so I also have an education side of my business, and same thing as I've found with Facebook ads. I mean, there's regulation in all areas of business. It's not just these, you know, highly regulated areas like finance or medical is really highly regulated. Uh, Real estate has actually become really, really regulated and Mm -hmm. difficult to Mm -hmm. do. uh, Legal, a lot of these professional services, which are a great space for freelancers and, you know, small businesses to focus on, but you have to figure out how to do that, how to overcome, like become more broad stroke and figure out how to overcome those hurdles because, People like Facebook aren't going to like it sometimes.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Now, now you talk about, we've talked a lot about language. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is, when it comes to financial businesses and brands, there is like a typical look to a lot of their ads, a lot of their materials. I actually took a look at your Instagram and for working in regulated fields, you have ver- a very different kind of look. Now, granted, you're also catering to somewhat of a different audience, yeah, right? But But it's still very, you know, it's, it's very pretty. I think of like Capital One lately has been doing more like different ads and and they have like their cafes. And so you see a lot of colors and and Mm -hmm. just a little bit different from like, it's like more approachable. Exactly. Exactly. So would you like it, even though, as I said, you have to be very, you've been talking about kind of the language and everything can, can you know, these regulated fields get a little
1: bit more creative with yeah. how they look and how would yeah, they do absolutely. that? Absolutely. So I, I mean, you want to think about it too, about who who they are as a business, right? So if I'm working with that small independent financial advisor, maybe they, I've worked with a lot, especially in my corporate career, um, worked with a lot of small financial advisors who were like based in down South, maybe Texas, or like had a lot of personality to them, right? Not just their job, not just their location, but just them as a person. So their websites, you would check them out and they would be like craft beer oriented, like cool car oriented. And they would really bring their own personality into their brand, which I thought was so cool because it is, it's is—it's such a stale topic that I think the more yes. personable you can get, like that's never, bringing your personality into your brand is never going to break a regulation, right? It's not right. going to you're not promising anything. It has nothing to do with performance. It has nothing to do with, you know, the product you're providing. It's really Mm -hmm. who you're working with. And so I think that bringing in personality, bringing in fun, bringing in colors that you like and design elements that you like is so important because it's how your target audience is going to resonate with you. You know, everyone. Especially in in finance, or if you're a doctor or a lawyer, everyone's talking about the same things, you know, like their content can only be so different. (laughs) Right. So when you bring your personality into it, it really gives you that competitive edge where people remember who you are.
2: That being said, do you feel like, you know, usually you think of the big businesses as having the edge, right? Do you think smaller, these smaller shops actually have kind of an, an advantage in that respect because they, they can get a little more creative or do you see that like, like what capital one's doing, you know, with their ads and stuff. Do you see, do you see a lot of places being able to get kind of get with the times more, you know? Yeah.
1: I think that it's a big competitive advantage right now and getting with the times, Um, even in like thinking about so think about the financial industry as a whole, right? What, where does your mind go? And mind goes to like, it's a very male dominated industry, right? Well, over the past couple of years, there have been a lot of very female focused financial firms coming out. Ellevest is one of them. They put out really cool mm. ads, all about yeah. millennials and like women owned businesses. And I just think that that's so cool because that's something that's never been done in this industry. So they're really disrupting what's typically be no, been known as a stale and boring industry. And they're making it fun. They're making it sexy again. They're it's making about time. It, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one thing that I actually learned when I was in corporate is in the, in the financial services industry, historically, there has been an issue with attracting female and young talent and, and diverse talent. And so there's been a really big issue about not just attracting them, but also having them be successful in these roles because it's such a older generation male dominated industry or historically has. And so you can't see, you can't be what you don't see, right? You know, if you don't see someone who looks like you or works like you in a certain industry, you're probably not going to be drawn to that industry. So I think that the... Businesses that are seeing more success right now are the ones who are morphing and adapting and growing in that space because we need female financial advisors. We need females who you know know the anything about money, really. Yeah. Know and people that we can rely on, and they need to be leaders and show the younger generation that hey, you know, you can do this too. Um. So historically, that hasn't been there, and I just think that that's so cool. And from a mindset of just growth and where the you know more stale industries are going they have to evolve and they have to grow in this more fun more culture just a better space for everyone to play in
0: so we recently this resonates a lot with me because we recently hired a female financial advisor and I I love her like I just I love everything about her I love everything she brings to the table and um, you know, my first thought when we were thinking about this is like, yeah, like an image of a man popped in my head. And I'm like, why is that? That's so yes. like, so bad. But um, she actually, I met her through a local like networking group here in the Boston area. And she did like a little um, webinar for this networking group of women, specifically millennial entrepreneurs like, like awesome. myself and it just yeah. it was great it was so great and she was so I don't know approachable you know that that's what I keep going back to is a lot of these yeah. brands just don't feel approachable like Bank of America like uh, right you know, they, they just seem like a big corporate America where I think millennials want something we more. want that personality exactly we want to we
1: want to see who we're working with and no matter what the field is like whoever I'm working with I want to see that we get along on more than just a professional level. I want to be able to hang out with them. I want to right. get a drink with them. i That's what I want out of all of the people who I surround myself with, whether I'm working with them on a professional level or on just a friendship level.
0: So we talked about, you know, sort of this process that you recommended, um, you know, thinking about the content creation, Mm. um, you know, in in terms of regulated fields. But I know you mentioned there's like other fields besides like finance, there's real estate, there's a few other fields, like, how would you how would you are there any tips that you can give them um, in ways in which they can get creative with their marketing in these sort of quasi regulated or heavily regulated fields? Yeah, so,
1: I mean, first and foremost, I think that leading with your brand is going to be the best way to add some creative elements, right? So figure out whoever, whatever you are as a business, figure out what your brand is. You can't go out there and market something without a brand. You have to have, you have to know, it it goes further than just like your colors and your logo and your fonts. You know, you also need to know who you are as a brand from a value standpoint. And so knowing your brand's values is going to lead your creative freedom, right? Because if your brand is standing on top of, you know, values that are very formal, then you're going to have to play in that formal space. But if your brand is standing on more, you know, fun and, casual and you have a very conversational tone, you're automatically going to be bringing in some of those more creative elements because you're just more conversational in nature. Um, So that's kind of where I start, right? When I work with a client who's very regulated, let's look at your brand. Let's see if you're willing to go in a more conversational way, because if you are, we can open up the creative avenues a bit and we can talk about things that aren't just credit cards or debit cards or retirement planning. Mm. We can talk about other fun things. Maybe let's think about the ways you're involved in the community as a business. What does that look like? Um, So think about the business as a whole and what other avenues there are that you can create content around. That's not just the very regulated spaces. So are you involved in Habitat for Humanity? Awesome. Let's talk about that a little bit and let's communicate that to your audience, because that's still something that resonates with them. And it shows, you know, who you are as a company. Um, So trying to figure out what your content pillars are that aren't necessarily just those highly regulated things.
0: I love that, because that that really actually resonates. I mean, it it makes sense. So like one of my values is and, and one of the reasons I do what I do is to spend more time with you know my husband and my dog mm-hmm. and that's why I've got this whole freelance thing and you know yeah. so i sort of tie in a lot of them and my life with them into my brand and people like to see that they realize that i am a human and that they can they can actually relate to that they're doing yeah. what they're doing because usually I mean not usually but a lot of the time it's family and right tying back to the importance of family and building that community and that relationship exactly so I think that that's
1: I think that sometimes especially professional services businesses right which are a lot of these highly regulated businesses they don't think about that and so taking a step back and saying hey you know financial services is one of our content pillars but like we have at least three more that we can fill over here and talk about and bring into our regular content that we're putting out there so let's figure out what those three are Are the community service your family and craft beer awesome like let's involve that a little bit um so i think that that's
0: so important
2: awesome i mean who doesn't like craft beer right exactly actually i'm (laughs) I don't, but that's all right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so I wasn't sure if I cut you off, if there was any other tips, you know, you talked about first, like knowing, knowing your brand. I don't know Mm. if there was anything else you wanted to share within that bucket.
1: So then also, I mean, knowing the rules that you're playing in, right, because the better, you know, the rules that you're playing within,
0: the more you can figure out
1: how to get around those and talk about things in a way that, you know, reaches the bridge that you're trying to reach, but still plays within the rules that you're given. Um, so I think that that education aspect is, is really big because if you don't know what you're allowed to do or not do, then you're more likely to do a lot less just so you can stay, especially when there's, you know, thousands, millions, whatever the case may be of dollars on the line, you're probably going to be pretty conservative in your approach. So knowing Mm -hmm. what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do, is going to help you breach that, you know, conservative versus less conservative approach.
0: And they should know that within their own certification process, right? So if you're a, a financial advisor and you get certified, right, at some point, I'm assuming, and so that would be, they would discover those rules during that process. Similarly, I'm assuming with a real estate license, they would learn would some be. of those things. You would, you should.
2: <laughs> oh, man. God. <Should. laughs> <Should. Okay. laughs> being yeah, a keyword is there
0: is there like a, a magic google like a, a thing people should google to figure out what they got <laughs> No, i'm sure there's not i'm sure there's not right. because regulation is like the hardest thing it's always to like
1: change <laughs>
0: and it's all in like wording that you can't understand and you need to like no. pull out no, the, so the like, fine print yeah
1: and you're like, like a regulation for dummies right
0: so that we can just look around and be like oh yeah i'm not allowed to do that yeah <laughs> well, and or you yeah like you read it and you're like so can, can i do them? it or what is yeah. it <laughs> yeah legally is no need, one's friend they just need you to to help them dissect it right <laughs> yeah.
1: i mean after many many years of doing this i can look at something and be like oh we're just gonna cut that one right out but <laughs> <laughs> I, it's taken a really long time to get here and i'm honestly shocked sometimes at the stuff i receive from clients i'm like Oh,
0: like, that's really crossing the line. Let's just remove that completely. <laughs> but that's, Yay. you know, but I feel like that's super valuable to have someone on your team. um, like, like that. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So how did you, um, you know, we want to talk a little bit about how like you split your time, right? So like you're also coaching, which you mentioned briefly. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to talk a little yeah. bit about that, but also I think a lot of our audience are, you know, they're entrepreneurs and many of them have multiple hats they're wearing. We would love to know like how you yeah. spend your time. Yeah, definitely. So mm. um, I guess like my
1: time is really spent 50, 50. So I do 50% of my time. At this point, I have three main clients that I work with. I don't really take on new clients. Just because I don't have capacity to. One of my reasons, similar to you, on why I'm doing this is so I can spend time with my family. So I have a very specific work structure that I work with each week. And I have a nanny who comes, she's 20 hours a week, she's no more than that. So that's my work hours. And so I do 50% of my time with my clients. And with my clients, I'm their director of marketing. So I, really wear all hacks that are marketing. I manage their internal marketing teams, whether that's a social media person, a copywriter and a graphic designer, or it's just me who's doing everything. Um, so it's kind of juggling a lot, but it's really fun and it keeps it exciting. Um, and then I have the coaching side of my business. So in that it is much more about, you know, the things I have learned and what I use with my clients. So a lot of what I do with them Although it's very, you know, a lot of my clients are very regulated clients, it's all still the basic mars- marketing principles, right? We deal with marketing strategies, we do content strategies, we put out regular content. There's a lot of processes in place because I really stand on, like, if it's not effective and efficient, why are we doing it? And so I teach the freelancers in my program kind of how to start implementing these marketing processes within their business with their clients so that they can scale, bring on more clients, charge more money for, you know, the value that they're providing and really be that all encompassing CMO type of figure for their clients.
0: That's really interesting. So I just have a follow-up question to that. So you really, so if, if someone were to just want to hand off marketing altogether, like that's pretty much what you do that you can say. I want you to take everything. If you need to hire somebody, hire somebody. Or if you need to deal with my internal social media manager, you can contact them directly and deal with that. That is amazing. Yeah. I love that. an awesome
1: service to provide because so many of these small businesses, uh, especially now after the pandemic, right? Like all of these local businesses, brick and mortar businesses, they're like, we need someone to help us get people in our store again. Right. And we need a marketer. And I'll talk to these small businesses And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm hiring someone in the store. You know, they're going to work 40 hours a week. They're going to focus on marketing. I only have a budget for $14 an hour. So I've got, you know, this college student, which is great, but they probably can't provide the value that they really need, but they're trying to hire someone at a lot of hours for a small rate, because that's what people need jobs. And Mm. so working as a freelancer, And taking on clients who are smaller clients still, you know, utilizing their budget that they have, but for a smaller amount of hours, you know, like I work with my clients five hours a week and that's really all they need to manage their entire marketing structure. And so... It's but to a your really, point, you've
0: built that process right. Yeah, I efficient in place, yeah. yeah. Which is you, a
1: constant conversation that you have to have. It's so like, they're getting
0: like a big value. Maybe they're not value. getting like a ton of ton of hours, hours. but as long as they're right. getting the value out of it, that's really. Value. What, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's what
2: we're finding as a as a um, as a working world in general is that it doesn't necessarily matter what hours you put in as right. long as you have the efficient systems which you have set up and you right. have the knowledge, which you yeah. also have an experience. I think those, and I mean, it, it's too bad when you talk about experience, you may be, you know, getting right. of those poor, those kids, you know, that are just right. coming out of
1: college, but it, there's something to be said for that. But those kids can then come work under me and I can help them. There you go. Be a manager or whatever, you know, like I have someone that I just brought on yesterday who's helping with some of my clients in their email marketing, which is mm-hmm. great. And he's going to work under me and I'm going to make sure that he's doing everything appropriately and efficiently and effectively. And so now it's less of my client's burden who doesn't necessarily know marketing or know what they should or should not be doing. And me as the marketer who knows what we need to be doing, I can help, you know, groom interns or help people learn and get that experience. So I think that it's so weird because the world has always, you know, revolved around these big corporate structures. And as the three of us have all discovered, we don't need to be in those corporate
2: confines. No. In and fact, it's probably healthier for most of us not to be.
1: <laughs> so much so. And so it's really cool to watch as we all evolve. And like the women in my program, watch them evolve and kind of help these small businesses because it's so cool because you see these small businesses gr- actually grow because someone is efficiently marketing them now rather than the owner who's just throwing all the spaghetti at the wall and they see what the latest business influencer on Instagram is telling them to do. And they're like, Oh, we're going to try that. They told me it was going to get me 30%, you know, increase in 30%. my profits. Yeah. And it, you just don't know. So we're taking it. I mean, you just took it
2: way beyond even regulated fields because we're, <laughs> we're now we're talking about the basis of corporate America. Yeah. You know? This is like a whole other conversation. A
1: whole bigger conversation. So, oh. I love
2: it. I love it. I love it. Lindsay, it has been fabulous talking with you. And I really, yeah. I love how we got down to the bottom of things because I am <laughs> someone did. who totally believes 40 hours a week is, I mean, and then, you know, we're both moms. So let's face it. We're right. working all the time anyway. Uh,
1: all the time. Yeah. You know.
2: And Jesse, <laughs> Jesse has like a million different businesses. So, you know, she's working all the time anyways. Yeah. And yeah. here we are saying, you don't have to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> you have to work 40 hours, but it's for you. It's exactly. <laughs> It's different. It's exactly. just so
2: different. No, and totally. When it's,
1: something you be- when it's your baby, it's different.
2: Oh, totally. <laughs> baby in all different types of ways. Oh, so all types. Yeah,
1: exactly. All,
2: I love it. I love it. Where can people learn more about you, how they go? I mean, you say you're not taking on clients necessarily, but you yeah. are doing coaching.
1: Yeah, I do coaching. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Lindsay, spelled L I N D S A Y, white, like the color, dot co. So Lindsay white dot co. Perfect. That's easy enough for people
2: to find out. And you, so are your trainings, is it self taught? Is it like a self taught course or do you kind of take people through it? It's uh,
1: So there is, um, nine modules that you go through and it's actually kind of a certification. So at the end, the 10th module is really a large project that I go in and grade for you to make sure that you have all of the principles, right. And you understand what you're providing your clients. Mm -hmm. And then we do bi-weekly coaching. And then I also do one on week one hot seat calls. They're unlimited. You can do as many as you want. It's just by availability only.
0: Wow. That's
1: amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's been really fun great that's something I think a lot of people would benefit from so yeah I'm glad we ha- I'm glad we had you on the show to, for you to share that
0: yeah absolutely yeah Lindsay. it's been really enlightening yes. I, I, I definitely learned a lot and I, good. Think our, I think our audience will be um interested to learn sort of about this unique industry but also mm-hmm. just as a whole we talked we talked a lot about yeah in a lot of different things. yeah a lot of, exactly. good, lot of good
2: nuggets exactly well it's been so, so much fun guys thank you so much Lindsay
1: yeah
0: thank you for having me I love how our guests just give us all these little nuggets.
2: Well, it's always fascinating to me because we, we bring people on to speak about like very specific things. And this one was probably one of the more specific topics that we've had. And yet I feel like anybody can take something away from it. And especially at the end when we we're talking about like, you know, the 40 hours versus working five hours on the kind of the same project, you know, just mm-hmm. being, you know, putting when you put the right you know, um, I can't even think of the processes, word, right? processes, processes. And, in, in, and blues, yeah, yeah, you can you can get so much more done. Obviously, I need a better process for picking my words.
0: That's okay. It's still <laughs> it's still early. No, I really I really enjoyed this conversation. Because a lot of my clients, my photography clients, um, well, not a lot, but I've had a handful in like the real estate industry, and even I can imagine the, even the finance industry. And Um, It's interesting because I really never thought about, I knew they were regulated, but I really didn't think about how that impacts the creative process when it comes to content creating. And so I think, um, you know, I think Lindsay broke it down really simply. And, you know, it's, I I know it's not necessarily simple doing the work, but Mm -hmm. the process itself is really, you know, understanding, um, you know, what the regulations are and trying to pull the story around that. Uh, She also mentioned, which we've heard before at a big piece of doing this is knowing your brand and brand's values. You know, we -hmm. we think of finance and regulated industries as like, I don't want to use the phrase, big corporate America, where it's, you know, big, bland, you know, boring, you know, male dominated fields, but that's kind of what comes to mind. And so uh, coming up with content that's creative, tells the story still within regulation for maybe a small shop or small business owner can be tough. Mm-hmm. And I think she broke it down pretty easily. So knowing, knowing your brand, knowing those values and tying in the personal side too, is really important to set yourself apart from that big corporate America to appeal to the generation that wants the personal touch that doesn't want to be part mm-hmm. of, let's call it icky corporate America.
2: <laughs> well, there is definitely that, that kind of stain on, on those terms at corporate America, you know, and also I love how she was talking, you know, again, this is a podcast that, you know, while it's for anyone, mostly we've had women on the show and it, and it, you know, we, we focus a lot on, on, you know, women in the show. Um, but I've, I've never actually thought about the fact that most financial real estate businesses, they are very male dominated and male focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have heard, of, I think she said it was Elvest. L- I've heard of, of them and I, you know, I don't know a ton about them, but I'm totally going to go look them up again, you know, and see right. what they've got to offer because I like the fact that businesses are not just focusing on your typical male, white male client. They're looking at minorities and they're looking at women and seeing that there's an entirely untapped market going on there and I think that's where they can
0: get creative with their marketing
2: and I Mm -hmm. love that I love hearing that
0: right exactly exactly um yeah so it was also for me one thing I liked hearing is um that she is able to split her time pretty uh pretty evenly between her Mm -hmm. two sides of her business so she does have a coaching program which she talked about Mm -hmm. but she takes on clients still actively and but she's very strategic with that. She only takes yeah. on three clients and she has her coaching program which it sounds like it's pretty uh streamlined. It sounds like she's very good about her processes and systems. I really
2: I w- it's kind of funny. I feel like I need to like either have a one-on-one coaching session with her about how she like manages her time because I I could definitely use a little lesson in that. I mean, yeah. I know she's got the I know she has the nanny, but you know, I've basically got a nanny and my mom and she's pretty much full time. So it's like, maybe I need to figure out how I'm not doing things, here. <laughs> how I'm not managing my time. Correct. We need someone on here about managing time. That's all right. If anybody out there is an expert in managing time, please contact us because uh, I could use that. Um, you also, when we were talking in between um, the interview and and doing, you know, talking about what we were going to talk about afterwards, you also mentioned the Apple Um the thing that she talks yeah. About so about I,
0: I like to bring things back to tangible examples or tangible thoughts or something mm-hmm. that we can actually like relate back to. so when she was talking about, you know, creating content that adheres to the regulation, but yeah. still tells the story, or how do you actually say those things in your content? And of course, I go back to just like a social media post. So yeah, she gave a great example about, okay, so if you know, you're a financial advisor, or you know, similar that is in that space and knows that Apple stock is doing really well today. She's like, what you don't want to do is tell them to go buy Apple stock and and that it's doing really well and you should do this because you're going to get a great return on your money because that's that's something that isn't really allowed in mm-hmm. that type of space. But you can make people aware about the situation with Apple. Like just say, oh, Apple's doing really well today and let the people make their own decisions from yeah. there. So I thought that that was really really interesting and obviously I think what she would build upon that is tell a little bit more of a story but yeah but understanding where those lines fall is really really important I think what she was trying to drive home with that um while still while still telling telling the story behind it so
2: yeah and it, you know how I like how she said, you know, even though you can get creative with your colors and your fonts and for your brand, it, it truly goes beyond the those. It it really is and I think this goes for any business, any um brand, knowing your core values, that is in the end the most important thing. So Again, it you know, even though this was a very specific conversation, we hope that you took all were able to take something from it because I know I walked away, and I'm not even in a regulated field. I walked away with some great um, advice. So thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation, and we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And you can email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram
0: at co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a photographer interested in the brand photography world, I am at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. And until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.